Hello, and welcome to the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Guthrie, and I'm an attorney, mediator, trainer, keynote speaker, author, podcaster, social media influencer, technology junkie, consultant, and coach. And although I know that sounds like a lot, but what it really means to me is that I've found a way to make a living doing what I love and doing it in a way that lets me help others. So in this podcast, I want to share some tips and insights into helping you create the career that lights you up and pays your bills, whether that's as a mediator, attorney, collaborative professional, or really anything that you are passionate about. So I'll be chatting with some of the most successful and influential experts in all areas associated with building your practice, and I'll share my own thoughts and the lessons I've learned along the way. So come along on the journey with us and soon you'll have a practice that will let you make money mediating too. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about something that I think is sort of an of the moment. And if you could see me, you'd see my air quotes, but of the moment business tip and topic that I think every company needs to take note of, and that is prioritizing diversity and inclusivity in the workplace. These are certainly not new words, new phrasing that we are hearing all of a sudden on this podcast, right? Thankfully, I would say diversity and inclusion have become hallmarks of discussions that we are having and need to continue to have around all areas of our lives, including our business. But what I wanted to talk about in this podcast is why prioritizing diversity and inclusivity in your workplace, in your business, is good business. There are a multitude of so, you know, social reasons, societal pluses to inclusivity and diversity, uh, but it's good business. It's a good business practice. And so I wanted to talk about this with you all because the more we know, the more inclusive and diverse we are likely to be and we understand why we want to be. So one of the things I wanted to, to tell you is why this topic has come to my mind for this week's show. I'm usually pulling from what's happened in my week, what I've been working on, what my clients are going through. And this actually comes from my own personal experience because this week I was working on a program proposal for the APFM conference that they'll be holding in October. So for those of you who don't know, APFM is the Academy of Professional Family Mediators. It's a wonderful organization that I, I love to support and I enjoy working with. I'm a member and I enjoy working with and providing programming. Two years ago, I did their keynote address. Last year, I did one of the pre-conference workshops. And this year, I'm hoping to do a program on quick takeaway marketing tips, one of my things I love so much. But I wanted to make it timely and relevant. And the theme of the conference this year is mediating in an increasingly diverse world. 
and it really spoke to me. I get very excited when I thought about how to take actionable marketing tips and combine that with mediating in an increasingly diverse world. So that's what I wanted to talk about today because I think that we think of diversity and inclusion as these high moral objectives, and certainly they are, but they are, again, good business. And what I want for you to have as you listen to this podcast and come away from listening to this podcast, again, are some real actionable reasons why having diversity and inclusion as priorities in your business plan are good business, but also ways to implement that. And I'll be focusing on really marketing in the implementation. So let's dive in because diversity and inclusivity are, you know, areas and topics that have become increasingly important in recent years. And consumers and employees, the public, are demanding more diversity and inclusivity, both in the companies they support, the companies they work for, and in the professionals that they hire. And so... If we look at the mediation field, we have to realize mediation is actually at the forefront here because we are a field that serves people from all walks of life. And so it is essential to our practice and to our profession that our efforts, including our marketing efforts, are inclusive and respectful right, of different backgrounds and perspectives not just those of the professionals who are involved and not just those of some of the participants in the process. So one of the things to start off with and the knowledge that I want you all to have is I'm not, again, talking about just a moral imperative. I am talking about why it is good for your business. Research has shown that diverse teams are more innovative They make better decisions, and they're more effective at problem solving. That last one, hey, mediators out there, your spidey senses tingling, problem solving. We are more effective problem solvers when we are part of a diverse team. And what are we trying to do in a mediation but problem solve? So building your mediation practice and building one that is inclusive and diverse is an important part of promoting your workplace culture that values understanding, respect, open communication. Again, all hallmarks of the mediation process. So I wanna give you a few tips for ways that you can incorporate diversity and inclusivity into your mediation practice. But again, as always, with any of my episodes on Make Money Mediating, I may be talking about a mediation practice. These principles apply to any business that you are trying to be create success with. So whether you are the dry cleaners down the street or the paper boy who's delivering, or girl <laughs> who's delivering papers, or a mediator. There are tips to be taking away from all of this. So first of off is to have and recruit a diverse pool of co-mediators and other integrative professionals. I I am a huge, huge fan of co-mediation as a model. 
of working with collaborative professionals, professionals and integrative professionals in the mediation process or in the collaborative process. But we tend to create a little bubble of people that we work with over and over again, who we know, who we understand. We get them, they get us. And we don't have a diverse pool very often. People have a tendency to pull from what they know. And so what I would suggest just as a very first step is make some concerted effort to add some diversity to your pool of colleagues. Do what you need to do to reach out to others who maybe don't look like you or don't act like you or don't come from exactly the same background or live in the same neighborhood. Look for the ability to have people from all different backgrounds who can come to the mediation table because your clients may be coming from all different backgrounds. And going back to that idea that you have a better um, and more inclusive and respectful process and more ability to be effective at problem solving when you have a more diverse team, the first place to start is with the team. And that means you as the mediator or as the professional in the room want to consider recruiting or pulling together your Rolodex, again, my good old fashioned Rolodex, of mediators and professionals from a variety of backgrounds, including different races, ethnicities, genders, sexual orientations, and abilities. I think this is really, really critical. And I think the more that you do that and reach out and expand your pool, the more you are going to see ways that your more divorced pool can be helpful to both you, your practice, and your clients. Some of the other things that you can do is provide training on cultural competency. Mediators need to be under, able to understand and appreciate the diverse backgrounds and experiences of the participants that they work with and the other professionals that they're working with. So providing training on cultural competency to help mediators develop the skills and knowledge they need to effectively work with people from a variety of different backgrounds is actually critically important, yet finding trainings on cultural competency are few and far between. What can you do about that? Get educated yourself and put on your own trainings. This is something that from a perspective of giving back to your profession, helping to create a more diverse pool of colleagues, well, what better way than to go to your local bar, your local collaborative group, your local or larger bar, do a virtual presentation on cultural competency for mediators or mediative professionals. You can become the learned person who puts on that training, or doesn't this give you a wonderful opportunity 
to reach out to experts on this topic and ask them to share their knowledge. You could ask them to submit a paper that you can put out on your newsletter or blog. You could ask them to come and speak to your local bar or collaborative group. You could work with them to create a training that would help your colleagues and other professionals to have a deeper understanding of cultural competency. So just by bringing this to the table, you are creating opportunities for your colleagues and also for yourselves. You get to expand your pool by reaching out, by getting more education yourself. And then another quick and easy way, and I think this is something as professionals we sometimes forget. So often when I am working with colleagues, they have experience in their field, right? They've been doing what they've been doing for a long time and they have developed their process. And this is what they do and this is what they do each time. And in many ways, they fall back into that sort of autopilot of their process. And what I would say is you really do want to tailor your approach to the individuals that you are working with, to your participants in your mediation. Every individual is unique and mediators have a variety of ways that they can tailor their approach to each of the individuals that they are working with in their mediation. And that means being flexible and adaptable, taking the time to understand the needs and concerns of the parties who are participating and having other options available. And in fact, I actually, this is making me think I'm doing a wonderful program with Dr. Claire Fowler of Mediate.com and we are doing a program at the ABA Section of Dispute Resolutions Spring Conference in May in Vegas, and it is exactly on this topic. It's called Creating Time, and then the time is actually Trauma-Informed Mediation Experience for Better Outcomes. And it's really ways that you can use the information about what your clients' needs are to provide a mediation experience for them that's tailored to them. And that's what I'm talking about here, really. You know, that is a way to be more inclusive in your mediation process. You're also going to want to make sure that you are fostering a culture of openness and understanding. And that is something I think, again, this goes to pretty much anybody in any business that we are working in as we work with people. We want to put out there in the world a workplace culture that values that openness, that understanding, and that inclusivity. And that means encouraging all of our employees, people who work with us, for us, our colleagues, those who are involved in our process to better communicate, have stronger relationships, and promote that sense of community and belonging for everyone who is involved in our process. And this is truly important because again, we tend to get siloed very much in a professional world. We, we tend to 
work with the same people over and over again and there's there's benefits to that as well yes we get to know people we know what we you know what we can expect from them and how we can trust them but there's also a lot to be said for widening our pool and one you know note to everyone out there is this is something that's very much happened in the last three years for so many of us as we went to an online practice and we found that we now can work with people almost anywhere. So in doing that, haven't we opened our ability up to work with more diverse and inclusive colleagues and other professionals and clients, a more diverse and inclusive pool of clients because we can work on in an online format. So there's a benefit to that. It's something that we can exploit or, or use to help us be more inclusive, to be more diverse, and to foster that culture of openness and understanding. Now, another way to foster a culture of openness and understanding is in our marketing. And I do want to leave you with some tips for marketing in an inclusive and diverse way, in a way that promotes diversity and inclusion. Because your marketing is the face of your business, of you, of your brand, of who you and your practice are and represent. So if your marketing is not diverse and inclusive, what are you saying? Right? Think about that for a minute. So what are some of the ways that you can promote diversity and inclusion in your marketing? Well, first... This is an easy one. Use inclusive language. Ensure that the language used in your marketing materials is inclusive and free from stereotypes or biases, such as talking about mothers, stay-at-home mothers, and breadwinner fathers. That may be a stereotypical norm, But not all families have a stay-at-home mother. Not all families have a breadwinner father. And not all families have a mother and a father. Some have two mothers. Some have two fathers. And there are a variety of different makeups, step families, bonus families. I, I could go on. The list goes on. But that's something that in our unconscious bias, we may be putting out there. And you want to use gender neutral language and avoid making assumptions about the backgrounds or identities of your potential clients, right? As I said, you may very well be working with a same-sex couple, or you may be working with someone who is transsexual or who is gender neutral. Those are, those are just, you know, different people, human beings who may come to your practice and everyone should be represented in the marketing that you put out there. You also want to highlight your diversity. So I told you in the in the first set of tips, right? Create a more diverse and inclusive pool of co-mediators and integrative professionals that you can work with. Let people know about that. Let people know that this is something that you and your practice value and that this is a pool that you can pull from to make the experience for your clients even better. And you might want to share that inclusive teams are even more successful, as I said at the beginning, that have better problem-solving skills and a better sense of creating stronger relationships. 
you know, those are selling points by highlighting the diversity and the inclusivity that you are emphasizing. When you're using images and photographs in your marketing materials, make sure they're diverse, they, they feature diverse faces and people of different capabilities and genders and ages. We, we, we tend to show, you know, young or middle-aged cisgendered individuals in our marketing materials, and that is not the world. So you want to make sure that you are using and featuring diverse faces. When people look at marketing materials, part of what draws them into reading more, learning more about you is that they see themselves there. So make sure that, again, you aren't making assumptions about who's out there looking. The world is a very diverse place and everyone is your potential client or and someone you can help. You also may want to seek feedback from diverse clients, clients who have diverse backgrounds, who have different capabilities. I don't like to use the term disabled clients, but clients who have different abilities or capabilities. Ask them what went well or what you did well in your process, but what you might do better. That is a way to take their feedback and find out, you know, how you can best serve them. Tell them you care, right? People want to know that you care and that you want to do better. One of the things we just recently did a wonderful training at Moston Guthrie with Josh Kirschenbaum on supporting parents through divorce when they have children with disabilities or special needs. And the first half hour of that training, which was a room full of professionals, was talking about what words we use and what words clients and parents want to use when it comes to talking about things like special needs or disabilities with their children. What some words are offensive to some people. One of the terms that someone prefers to use was differently abled. My child is differently abled. And they found that a better phrase. Well, what a great point to ask a client or parents at the beginning of the mediation process, what what terminology would you like to use or is there preferred language for you? I would love to be educated on this. So seeking feedback from your clients I think is of critical importance. And the flip side of that goes back to what I was talking about, about offering training. I think you also have an obligation to educate yourself, to take courses, attend workshops, read books, on diversity, on equity, on inclusion, so that you can broaden your understanding and enhance your personal cultural competency and carry that forward. But for all of these reasons that we've been talking about, this is good business practice. I am not equating being diverse and inclusive as a money-making endeavor. What I am saying is I do think it's a moral imperative, but from a perspective of running a business well, of building a successful practice, it is also good business to be inclusive, to, to prioritize diversity and equality. 
So if you'd like more information on any of this, there will be uh, links in the show notes to anything that I've referenced, the conferences, etc. I highly recommend that you check them out. I'd love to see you if you are at any of these conferences that I am at. I love to see my colleagues and see, talk to them when I see them at conferences. It's so wonderful as we go back out into the world and get to be in person soon. So I hope to see you in Vegas. I will be there. I will be in Vegas for the ABA Family Law Sections conference in April and then again in Vegas in May for the ABA Section of Dispute Resolutions conference. And then I will be at a variety of other conferences. I'll put the list in my show notes so that you can come find me if you're there. But again, diversity and inclusion are a good business practice. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode, got some great tips, and I'll see you next week so that we can all start Make Money Mediating too. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Make Money Mediating Podcast. I hope you got some great insights and tips on creating your dream practice. Join us every week on Thursdays for a new episode, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. And if you're enjoying the podcast, here's a shameless ask. Please consider giving it a five-star rating and tell us in a review what you find most helpful. It's honestly the best way for others to find the show so that they can make money mediating too. I'll see you next week.